Hi, welcome to Arbitrary 20. We're going to talk about our picks for the most exploitable magic items. No particular rarity, though we chose to stay below legendary just because typically you won't find them in a, a normal campaign. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Would you like to start, John? Sure, okay. Uh, minor sort of creative items that are kind of just as big as your brain is. Uh, <laughs> uh, first, I have the decanter of endless water. Um, it's a decanter that weighs two pounds and holds an infinite amount of water. You can use an action to say three different command words and it produces uh, a gallon, five gallons, or 30 gallons of water all at once. And there's no limit to it. So it's completely infinite. And obviously there's tons of ridiculous things you can do with just an infinite water source. So like what's the force that comes out? Uh, if you do the 30 gallons one, uh, it's even enough force to do damage and knock somebody prone on a DC okay. 13 strength save. I feel like with a good enough artificer, you could probably get like a hydroponic, you know, thing going, maybe even some hydroelectric stuff going on. Yeah. That's you, interesting. If you can convince your DM to let your artificer make this, yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like I'd run it. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm a DM. I just like. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, uh, even in the just simple talk of what we talked about earlier, or when we were, you know, thinking about the idea of this, is like you could just flood the earth. It, you know, it may take a long time, but there's no nothing here saying that like it runs out or whatever. It just says it produces thirty gallons. 30 gallons times 30 days, and I don't even know. Well, Is it, does it have any charges? Sorry. Uh, no, it's completely, yeah, you can, once per action, you can just do this. Um, but it doesn't even have to be flood the entire earth. And then on top of that, if you're able to craft magic items, you could have multiple of these. You could do a lot of, like, toxic things, like flooding houses, flooding stores. All right. <laughs> Let me get my math brain on this for a second. So it's 30, what's the top is 30 gallons? Yes. All right, that's not all that much, but once every seven seconds. Yeah, once every round, so once every six seconds, yeah. Oh, six, all right, so uh, you can get uh, 300 gallons per minute. Now to fill a swimming pool. And on top of that, it's enough force to knock someone pro. <laughs> exactly, I don't know. Uh, I, I could probably do some actual engineering math and figure out if like I could power something with it, but I don't know. Offhand, I feel that's pretty. How big is this thing? I don't have any. It's just a little offhand. flask. It says it weighs two pounds. Not super big. I feel like you could propel something with that anyway. You know, like those water <laughs> jet packs. You know, like, <laughs> like I feel like. I feel like we could get some, you know, if it's once per six seconds, like, I feel like we could figure something out. Especially with more than one. Alright, so... so I'll, on to the next yeah, one. Yeah, so I was about to say, let's go uh, next. Yeah. So, the one that I came up with was uh, the all-purpose tool. Uh, this is from Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything. And so this is a screwdriver that, uh, so you have to be an artificer to use it. And so it's a screwdriver that can transform into 
any type of artisan's tools and no matter what you're proficient with it and then you also get some like some other stuff on it and you get any cantrip that you don't know from any class list wow so like i was thinking about it of like all the things that you could like do with it and you just become immediately like the most bs artificer ever you immediately become like the best skill monkey in the game exactly it's (laughs) like this entire character builds you focus on like getting proficiency with all the skills and important tools and just like this half of it for you yeah well it's tasha's for you just like oh yeah all this stuff that you were trying to do now it's easy but like you can like make any type of food to like you know give any buffs you can if you're playing a more survival oriented campaign you can keep everybody alive you immediately become a chef uh you can create armor you can create uh clothing uh you can create weapons because i'm pretty sure smithing tools is one of them uh you can like read like any language or something dumb you can uh purify any and all water you can because you get any cantrip right so like you can Uh, do purify is the first level spell is it yeah um but like anything yeah like you can mend anything right like uh you immediately uh get advantage on like depending on the tool type right like arcana investigation history medicine persuasion all of it so it's just it's pretty like i almost wouldn't call it exploitable because you're literally just doing what it says you can do it just says you can do so much Mm -hmm. that it's just kind of insane so yeah as as a big crafty boy that's kind of that's what i like about it i mean the thing is that i think of is that i kind of disagree i do think it is kind of exploitable yes it's really good but like you can kind of foil the DM's plans because it's like, oh, you know, I need to do this thing. Well, I'll just have the tool for that right now. Yeah. And so, I guess maybe it's not exploitable in that sense, but I would almost yeah. deem it like if you're creative enough, then you probably can make it pretty exploitable right. really fast. The only thing that bums me out about it, the only thing keeping it from, and I think the reason that it's not in there is it doesn't give you like thieves tools so you can't just like open a lock immediately i think thieves tools is an artisan i don't think so i could be wrong i reserve the right to be wrong but i'm I'm pretty sure it's not okay you are correct they do not count as artisans tools so (laughs) this would also combo really well with the new um eladrin and shatterkai and i assume the future new elves because when they finish their trance uh, they can uh, switch out two proficiencies for any, or gain two proficiencies with any weapon or tool of their choice from the player's handbook. So that would cover up the sort of missing thieves tools and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you combo this with that, then you have any proficiency you want, basically. Boom. You're immediately just the most like useful in any like in like random situations tool type character. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh man, you know. Uh, I did have in a campaign once that Michael was in, uh, oh, if you, all your clothes got blown off, guess you can't go into, uh, the town now. Yeah, I mean, like, boom, here's some more clothes, you know, stuff like that. I just think it's super fun. 
think we'll go on to now um, the movable rod, which is arguably probably one of the most exploitable ones. Um, it's an uncommon item from the uh, DMG, Dungeon Master's Guide. Um, like I said, there's like so many possibilities, nearly infinite possibilities uh, of uses. I would say it's totally limited by your creati creativity, I should say. It can be used for anything. Like I wrote down like it can be used for like keeping something open or closed, like a, uh, someone's chasing or something, holding an object or a creature in place, um, blocking a passage, supporting something so you can rescue someone. Um, okay, so I think that the real, so I, I when, when, we were, when we were coming up with this, the first one that I thought of was a movable rod, and then Michael was like, no, nah, that's mine, and I was like, crap, but then all I could think of was uses for this immovable rod, but then I realized, what if you had two of them, because they ignore the effects of gravity, <laughs> so... You immediately gain a flying speed of your climbing speed <laughs> because you can use two of them <laughs> to just go up wherever you want and you can just use them to just kind of hang off of the entire time my only question with that is how long does it take the button does it give you like an action no. time or use as an action to push the button again yes so it wouldn't quite work like that because in combat you'd have to use your action Oh yeah, no, I was I was oh. really thinking of combat. I'm just oh, more like, okay. so like I'm thinking utility. Um, yeah, you could just climb into the sky with two of these. Exactly, um, and and I think the action thing is more to keep it from being super overpowered in combat, um, which is fair. But my thought is more of like you you immediately gain a climbing speed. You can then uh, create different like mechanisms for moving using that exact thing if you um have a well a if you have something to click the button for you whatever that is that can be a mechanism the first one that came to mind was some sort of uh trigger on a string and now if you attach the i thought of, i was bored at work today if you <laughs> attach a movable rod to a rope and then a little trigger mechanism on the top, you can swing it out and legitimately climb like really far. You can also drift literally anything because it immediately becomes immovable. You can use it to stop any sort of chase behind you, including mounted or on ships. Uh, like if you have like a ship behind you, you could just like, and it would like break through the ship. Cause I'm pretty, cause I looked this up, the, the uh, 8,000 pounds uh, wood that most uh, ships and at least in like D and D are made out of don't have anywhere near sheer strength of like eight thousand pounds, especially over the course of like this. It's like eight thousand psi, so it immediately would just cut straight through the bottom of a ship, unless you hit directly on the keel. When I was researching this, I was trying to, like, obviously we know that there's a lot of possibilities here. You just listed a ton. I just listed a ton. Um, I'm sure John's thinking of lots of different things that he could do with an immovable rod too. But the thing is, is like I was thinking about like what can you not do with it? Like why is it, you know, like things like that. And my first thought was like what you were mentioning earlier with the string. Like what if you didn't push the button, 
what if something else pushed the button? That's what I was thinking too. And I was yeah. thinking, you were thinking Mage Man, right? Well, well, you could be Mage Man. Oh, I was thinking yeah. Summon. I was thinking Summon creature. Cannot. I looked this up. Oh. Mage Hand cannot activate a creature magic uses an action. Wait. If you look in the bottom of uh, like the very last sentence of Mage Hand, it says it cannot activate a magic item. So how I would rule uh, this is that well, you it does, can't. It does say a creature has to do it, but okay. To that well, point, though, too. you could. You could have a familiar push it for you. You could have any sort of summoned or conjured animal do this for you. I don't know when exactly that's going to come up, but you could because all those things are creatures. So can yeah. you have like a bat be a familiar? Yeah. You can have a bat. There we go. Climbing speed activated. You attach a rope to that. You can just like climb up the rope. <laughs> you have just, just fly you. Up. <laughs> you have it fly you somewhere and then lock it in place and then you just climb up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, yeah, so, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, um, you know, or like you, you like toss it up. I, it's a bar. Is, I can't remember how long it's just. Bar is. It doesn't say. It's just a flat iron rod with a button on one end. My brain is thinking like a digging bar. It's like four feet long. Because mm-hmm. um, those are pretty heavy. Uh, but my brain was like, you know, maybe like you couldn't throw it up, or like like you like a bat couldn't take it up. But like, I don't know. Probably like a dragon can. You know, and there are allied dragons out there, so maybe like metallic dragon could probably help you out. Um, or like uh, you, you could like throw it like a javelin, maybe, and like I don't know. I just feel like there's. I mean, there, there's something there. The uh, the second thing I thought about was well, okay, there's eight thousand pounds of capacity on this thing, and then if it breaks that capacity, you can move it ten feet by succeeding with a DC 30 strength check. Mm-hmm. So I looked this up, and I think if a huge or a gargantuan creature, try, or monster I should say, not a creature, rolled, they probably could do it. I think they could definitely move it, and possibly large monsters. So like it depends on if like you were to use it, say you're getting chased and you need to block a passage or something, there's a good chance that maybe it might be able to move it, but then again, I don't know, maybe the sizing may not work either. So, that was something there. I think the only other thing I would want to mention is that all of the things we just said, for the most part, can also apply to the immovable object spell. It's a second level spell that Dunamancy wizards get, possibly all wizards, depending on, your, depending on what table you're playing at. But yeah, you, there's a spell that you just, uh, I think it takes 25 gold worth of gold dust, but you can just turn any object into an immovable rod. So, immovable objects, immovable rods are definitely awesome, but we got to move on. So, what do you, uh, what do you got next for us, John? My second one is Nolzer's Marvelous Pigments. Um, it is a paint pot and a brush, uh, but anything you paint uh, becomes real. So. Yeah, this is this is just wild. <laughs> it's pretty much oh, no. infinite possibilities. Um, the one one pot of paint gives you um, a thousand square feet, and it says it'll take you ten minutes to cover a hundred square feet. And yeah, any, like I said, anything you paint becomes real, uh, except um, items with a value of twenty five. Or more gold pieces. They're made of like a fake substance if you paint like a diamond or something. You know that episode of SpongeBob 
I feel like there's some weird stuff that can you create life with it? Um, oh, man. that's a great question. Does any form of energy dissipates as soon as you complete it? No harm to anything. Fire or lightning are the examples it gives for that. Um, yeah, does life energy count? Oh, lets you create inanimate objects or terrain features. So, unfortunately, object. no. You cannot just create. You cannot just draw you do a thousand of yourself. <laughs> True, but you do get like ammo becomes a thing of the past. Like really. That's true. Yeah. Because I mean, how easy is it to draw an arrow? I mean, okay, maybe it's tough for me, but like for other people, you know, people with perhaps proficiency with painters' tools, I feel like that, uh, you know, ammo ammo like javelins or whatever. Like you could just paint, grab, throw. You know, maybe not as an action, but like, you know, yeah, you could do it when you run out of them before a battle. Yeah, you know, you could prep for a battle in like any way you wanted. Bear traps, other traps. Grenades. Grenades. Weapons. If you're aware that grenades exist in the fantasy land. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's there's some. I mean, we'll get to my next item in a minute, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure there. Well, <laughs> the one thing I'm curious about this, because I'm thinking about, say I want to like make a door in a wall, and you know I paint this beautiful door or whatever. I'm curious, does it remove the wall behind it where the, sp the door now occupies? Yes, if, if you, it actually gives that example. Painting a door on a wall creates an actual door that can be opened to whatever is beyond. Really? Okay. So does intent have something to do? Now, okay, so hear me out here. Likely, yes. Like, like I'm like, a construction worker, and I just need to make doors. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> some parallels with Flandolf. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, Flandolf sometimes just wants to make a door. Does a, does a door count as furniture? Tis the question. Find out next episode. But in some, <laughs> in some cases, depending on the situation, you might need to know what's on the other side of the wall. Because if you're going to paint, if I was going to paint a hole in this wall, to know what that looks like, if it was there, I would need to know what's on the other side of that wall. Right, like you obviously the, couldn't put like a door in like some cave or something. Well, you know what a door is. You always know what a door is going to look like from right. the side. But like a literal hole in the wall, you have to know what's on the outside. So, so we'll go on to uh, Will's next item now. Yeah. So this one, um, so I'm not going to lie, I really couldn't decide between two of them. But they are so similar that I'm just going to, it's the of force item. And there are, there are two that I saw that I really liked. And it was Beat of Force and Cube of Force. And I'm going to really talk about Cube of Force, although Beat of Force does everything it does, just smaller. Um, so it's about an inch across. Each face has a distinct marking on it that can be pressed, and it has 36 charges. And then you can use an action to press the cube, and it spends a certain amount of charges depending on which face of the cube that you press. So uh, if you press uh, one side, um, it, so it creates a cube around you that is 15 feet on a side. And then depending on which face you press, it uses that many charges, and certain things can't pass through it. So one of them 
all gases, wind, and fog can't pass through. One of them, non-living matter, can't pass through. But walls, floors, and ceilings can at your discretion. Living matter can't pass through it is one. Spell effects can't pass through it. Uh, and then nothing at all. And so I just thought that was super cool because you can use it to effectively, like... Well, it's like, like an adjustable wall of floor spell. Ex so exactly. You use however many charges you need for what you want in that moment, yeah. And so just everything just immediately becomes like, oh, we're about to pass through like a volcano. Let's make, you know, like wind and stuff not be able to pass through it, i.e. gas. Oh, wow, all of a sudden we're not getting just killed by sulfur. You know, oh, we need to go through... Uh, you know, lava. Okay, well, now lava can't come through the barrier. You know, and it just be so like in combat, like it is useful because if you really need like a spot to just like, all right, get everyone in the 15 foot cube space and we'll just whoop and uh, all right, healing spells while, while other people are like banging against the wall, but um, like it just immediately becomes super also just utility. Lock an enemy in this with no saving throw. Yep. It's like, all right, uh, yeah, people can't pass through now. Sucks to suck. Nice. And then even an enemy wizard because spell effects can't pass through it. So yeah. I don't know if that that reads to me that you can't even teleport out of it. Uh, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I that's look a, up to yeah. confirm. I don't know. Because I assume this follows the same rules as Wall of Floors. I'm just wondering, can you, while he's looking that up, can you, like, say there's like a, a horde of monsters or something, and you're like, I need to get on the other side of it. You could just do the living matter can't pass, or, well, depending on what it is, living or non-living, you'd figure that out. Could you just, like, push your way through? So, the thing is, with a bead of force, you can, which is why I kind of, like, wanted to kind of group them a little bit. With the um, with the cube of force, no, unless you're already out of it. So if you if there's like a horde of zombies, let's just say you know Walking Dead style, and you're over on one side and you do this, you can then pass through it and kind of go around, or like and they they would just kind of like go around you, kind of like a rock in a stream. Uh, with a bead of force, a bead of force is effectively a grenade, and you could just do that. And it actually like bounces things outside of it. With this one, um, there's no damage that comes from being next to it. I think it just kind of encapsulates you. So it's like um like a yeah, it's like a drop shield from Halo or something. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, but but the the difference is you can say, nah, people can pass through it or spell effects can pass through it, you know. Like an option, like let's say you're fighting a bunch of non-magical enemies, like goblins or something, and there's a thousand of them, uh, but you have a dude with like, I don't know, wall of water or something, and you just go outside and you say, okay, uh, spell effects can't pass through it, or um, sorry, living matter can't pass through it, but spell effects can. And so now you can just like lightning bolt your way out of this, or fireball, or wall of water your way out of it. So... I don't know, I just think it's a cool one. 
you are able to teleport out of it. Yeah. But it's still really good. <laughs> yeah, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't want to go with something like this. It's just, I don't know. I've, I've said it before, and I'm probably getting redundant, but like, this is something that's truly limited by your creativity, you know? Yeah. It's like however creative you can get with this cube or this uh, bead, uh, whatever you want it to be, so. Yeah. Bead. Bead. Yeah, it's whatever you want it to be. Nice. Thank you. Okay, so uh, with that, we're going to go on to the last one, <laughs> which is an honorable mention, yes. It is Pot of Awakening. So this is something that I was curious about because I was like, well, you know, like common items. What, uh, what do they have to offer for this exploitability test that we're looking at? And uh, a pot of awakening, so it just so happens to fit the bill. Um, essentially, it creates after 30 days of a normal shrub growing in this pot. It'll create a friendly shrub that'll do pretty much anything that you tell it to do. Creates an awakened shrub. Awakened shrub, which is actually in the monster manual. Um, it has its own stats, which um, leads on to my second thing. And I, I've said this again before, and I'll say it again. It's really defined by your creativity. Um, it can be used to attack, though it's not very good at it. It has a plus one to hit, I think, and a d4 plus minus one or one. two. Oh, minus <laughs> one. Minus right, because it's got a minus four to strength or something. But That's it, rough. <laughs> it can maybe defend you, it can help you, and maybe even can scout forward and stuff to things. Um, like I said, the, like, the limitations of it are solely based on its stats, because its stats are kind of... But it's... Well, but I the mean, thing is, 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 here's like kind of a little loophole, or I guess a fun feature, is if you're an artificer at, at level 2, you get this thing called Infuse Item. You can make these, yes, because it's from Xanathar's guy, and yes. you can make them, yeah. You can make these, and the thing is, is like, we, John and I were thinking about this, and we're like, if you take, if you're an artificer and you, you you know make a pot every single day for a month, and then let them marinate for three for another month, at the end of that month you will have thirty shrubs that are all awakened and will listen to your commands. You'll have a small army of shrubs. Artificer can infuse that many. I I don't know. I read it. Uh, and it didn't when I played specify, artificer, I believe you can only infuse like one item. It says you can relearn it's the infusion. Two, now. but okay. you know four can infuse two. Yeah. What if you had a party of five artificers? I would be very. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll do or like a. I kind of would want to play one instead of run one, but I feel like a like a one shot of just all like seventh level artificers. <laughs> like high level artificers would be pretty funny. It's like all right, you get whatever magic items you want off of this table, and you just go nuts. Either way, I think that a, a small army of shrubs, depending on however many you get, I, I looked and I, I, it didn't say that you had a specific amount that you could do, it just said you could relearn it, but, um, I don't know, having it, a huge it, army of shrubs sounds really fun, even though they would die really quickly because I think their hit points are like 1d4. No, like 10, I think. Yeah, like 10 or something, but yeah, pretty rough, but. Carry on. If you're, um. Well, I mean, obviously there's other ways to get these than just infusing, uh, but they do um, 
listen to your commands and do whatever you say. Um, but uh, the pot breaks at the end, so once it's an awakened shrub, um, uh, it would no longer be a magic item. So technically an artificer could do two of these every 30 days, but if you wanted to waste all of your... <laughs> Magic item slots on awakened shrubs. It's not. I don't know. I feel like if you have a year, you know. Yeah, depending on how much downtime your game has, you yeah. just end up with a lot of awakened shrubs. So all that to say, um, thank you for watching. Check out our other videos. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Comment down below what do you uh, if you agree with us, if you disagree, if you think there were ones we forgot.